we'll pray on tomorrow. All right, well, let's pray. Um, my purpose today is to, I always have a goal when I'm preaching, I mean, what I, what I want to preach to. Um, and usually for me, it's not just that I, you might get full of knowledge. What I want today is for your heart to get full of love for Jesus. And we are heading for a worship time after this to really express that love. So that's my goal. Let's just stand and I'm going to pray. I'm not using get people to stand, but let's get ourselves to this. Lord, I just want to thank you for every person in this place tonight. I want to thank you that you have amazing purposes for them. I thank you that you love them, fallen. I thank you that you brought them here tonight. And I pray that tonight will be a night when you fill their hearts with love for you. Lord, I want to ask you for that supernaturally through, Lord, the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit that we'll sort of end this night better than we walked in in terms of our love for you. I pray you'd grip our hearts. Thank you for a great worship team. Thank you for Lana with Jake. Thank you that you ever sent it to her. Thank you for a vibrancy in God. Lord, you just see her when she's just, Lord, a smile, her, you know, life in God. Thank you, Lord. I just pray that, Lord, you'd catch us up in your purposes tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seat. And um, I'm going to pick up firstly on a phrase that someone's waving at me. Not me. <laughs> you have your phone up waving. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start by picking up on a phrase that Tim mentioned last week. Um, and that phrase comes from Ephesians 3. And it's the unsearchable riches of Christ. And it's a verse that we see in the Bible that Paul writes, and he says this, to, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Now, when you first hear that phrase, you think, when I first heard it, I remember really, I think, unsearchable riches. Well, what's the point? If you can't search them, you know, what's the point of this verse? But actually, if you go to the original meaning, really, unsearchable means limitless, boundless. Like, you'll never exhaust your discovery of the riches of Christ. That's what it's saying. And Paul sort of delivered says more about that in Ephesians. He says, he talks about redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, the knowledge of the mystery of his will, the message of truth, the sealing of the Holy Spirit. He talks about your inheritance in God. They're all the riches. So in simple summary, the riches of Christ are everything about God. They're the glory of God, the truth of God, the wisdom of God, the life of God, the love of God. And Ephesians again says, Christ has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. In Christ, in the Colossians says, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this evening I want to challenge you that sometimes I meet Christians and they look like they're pretty bored really. <laughs> they look like they've come to like, I feel like it's like they've, they've come dull in their faith. And I think sometimes they're not the greatest advertisement for Jesus. You know, they're more consumed with the property market or their family or what's going on in their job. You don't, you rarely hear them talk about 
the love of Christ. You really hear them talk about how amazing Jesus is. And I think it's partly, and it's happened for seasons in my life as well, that the, the sort of bottom line is the journey of discovery of God has sort of come to a limit, you know, sort of ceased a bit. And I sort of want to awaken you, you tonight, really, because I think one encounter with God's enough to change you. You know, the Bible says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, you're changed. That's what, you know, the verse said. And, you know, mirrors in the Old Testament were very dull. It wasn't like you look in a mirror, you know, and it's like bright like it is now. They were dull. Probably better for me, it would be better to have dull mirrors, you know. <laughs> you know, in the mornings like that, when you like look in the mirror and it's really me, you know, that. <laughs> but then you were dull. So I'm saying, even a dull beholding of God is enough to be changed. Even a dull beholding. I remember probably about seven years ago and I was in a really, you know, really hard place in my life. A very dark place. And I'd left a job that I really loved and it was because of my own mistakes. And, you know, I started, I was working in a plumbing um, establishment, plumbing shop. I'd gone from this sort of really wonderful job to work in plumbing and I knew nothing about plumbing really but I used to like work in a warehouse and I'd just be scrubbing the floors and moving sort of uh, stock around and oh it's just desperate and really I rarely cry but I remember on the way to work I was just so overwhelmed like driving to work very early and I used to have a Suzuki chimney. Anyone know what that is? Yeah I love my little Suzuki chimney. <laughs> My mate used to bag me, but I loved it. It was a little blue one and had a top, you know, I could put my surfboard at the top of it. Anyway, this morning I remember I was driving to work and uh, I was just feeling desperate and I was sort of crying out to God saying, you know, where, where are you, you know? Where are you, God? You know, I don't know where you are. And I came to the lights of Chatford, I remember the exact spot, and I looked to my left at the lights, just looked over, and there wasn't a car next to me, but suddenly this car appeared. It's like it just appeared, and it was this white chimney, this beaming white chimney. And in the driver's seat was the person of Jesus Christ. And he was looking at me, and he turned to me, and he smiled, and he waved. Then I drove off, and the car was gone. It was gone. It was a moment. I've never had an encounter face to face with Jesus. It was like over a line, but I knew it was him. And in a moment, I probably knew three things. He loved me. I knew immediately. He loves me. You know, just his approach, you know, just in that moment. And then I knew he knows what I'm going through. He knows, he knows thoroughly what I'm going through. And thirdly, I knew, and this is in a second, he hasn't abandoned me. There were no words exchanged, a wonderful smile and a wave, and I knew he's with me. Now those sort of encounters, I mean, they don't happen to me regularly, don't you? Know? That's like, I've been a Christian for decades and decades and decades. It was like a one-off, but it was a very low point. And from that time, I knew I was changed. I was still scrubbing floors in the warehouse. I was still relating to some really obnoxious people in that warehouse. But God changed my perspective. Now, 
God can do that for you tonight. God can do that for you. And I'm, I'm nothing special. It's just like God's got his kids and he cares about his kids. Amen? Do you understand that? God really cares about you. Like whenever I walk into a situation where I feel intimidated, I think, yeah, but I've got God. <laughs> me and God's word, you know, he's with me. You know, sometimes I almost clarify the Holy Spirit here we go. So important that you know that. So this morning, oh, sorry, <laughs> this evening, I want to open up just a couple of passages, passages about Jesus, okay? Sometimes we talk about big doctrines and this and that, but I just want to talk about the person of Jesus. I love him. He's an amazing person. And I'm going to read you two passages if you don't have to turn there. One is in Matthew 27 and one is in John. I want to talk about three things about him. Okay? So Matthew 27 says this. I might surprise you where this is. Like we're not at Easter. So don't worry. You can read scriptures about Easter when it's not Easter. Okay? So here we go. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Okay? Now I think it just... Sometimes you read the scriptures so quickly you don't really take it in. Darkness covered the whole earth for three hours. Okay, just complete pitch darkness. That doesn't happen most days, does it? It's never happened before. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, It's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. I'll read that again. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. This happened when Jesus died and was raised again. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake, and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching for a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene. And then in John 20, we read this about Jesus' encounter with Mary Magdalene. Now Mary sort of sat outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked the woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked the woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will, get, I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not cling on to me, for I have yet to ascend to the Father. Go and said to my brothers 
and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that they had said these things to her. You know, there's never been a death like it. There's never been a resurrection like it. God died. God rose again. Incredible. Now, just during this time, briefly, I want to talk about three wonderful truths about Jesus from these passages. Number one, Jesus has ultimate power. Number two, Jesus has amazing style. Jesus has incredible style. I love it. I love his style. And thirdly, Jesus has infinite love. Jesus has infinite love. And we see it on display here. We'll talk about that in terms of the way he responds to Mary, which is absolutely phenomenal. So we see ultimate power here. As I've already said, uh, you know, it was, there was no other death like it. I mean, suddenly, you know, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face for three hours. Darkness. It was a supernatural event. It was like, for me, it's like the whole of creation, like, you know, groaned when Jesus was between life and death and just almost shut down. Like suddenly the earth, like, just shut down for three hours. Darkness. This has never happened before and will never happen again. Then it says the curtain of the temple was torn in two. We were singing about it earlier in that great song. And you know, you've got to understand, this is not like your, your little curtain at home. You know? This was like this massive curtain. I was reading this week, I reckon it would take 300 priests to move this curtain. It was like, they said that the, the, the width of it was the size of your hand. Like just, or, and the weight of it was colossal. And this is another amazing thing, and of course it happened from top to bottom, this curtain was torn. Now the reason is, it was a demonstration of power, but also a demonstration of grace. You know, that place behind the temple of you, you may not know, but it was a place that it protected you know, people from the presence and power of God. And only one person could go in there, you know, once a year, the high priest. You know what they used to do? They used to tie a rope around his leg, so that if he died in there, because he'd done something wrong or whatever, and he was judged, they could drag him out. Literally. That is, commentators would say that. They had to drag him out because they didn't want to go in there to get him because they could be, got killed as well. So this was an amazing demonstration. Isn't it wonderful to have access to God now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, people used to, you know, people the age has passed. We were living in the age of the Spirit. We're living in an age where... You know, we can just come to God and worship and we can be in His presence straight away. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. So we see that. We see that darkness and we see this, um, you know, the, the veil being torn in two. And then we see this other amazing thing. It says, The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went to the holy city and appeared to many people. You know, I, I've often thought, you know, what character would I like to have been in the Bible? And I just say, maybe it's my wicked sense of humour, but I would have loved to be one of those people who got out of the tombs and appeared into the city. I just imagine it. Say, you know, I'm someone's sort of mother-in-law and 
how that tense relationship my, with my son-in-law, you know, I was a bit of a pain really, and he sort of loved me, but you know, and I loved him, but you know, I died like five weeks ago. And they had the funeral and the wake and everything, and you know, they all each other, but now the son-in-law's at home, and he's like, he's actually pleased that I've gone. Oh, you know, because it's like, he's actually pleased because, you know, he, you know, he grieved a bit, but he's over it now. Like, he's over having his brother-in-law interfering in his world, you know? So, I know what I'm thinking. As the mother-in-law who just come out of the grave, I'm going to think, I'm going to scare this kid. <laughs> I am going to, I'm going to scare the pants off him, you know? Imagine, it's like that movie Terminator, I'm back. <laughs> I would have been gay in his crew going, I'm back! It would have been, ah! It's the mother-in-law. You know, and I suppose this is the reason why God did not give me this role. <laughs> it says many holy people. I'm probably not one of them, you know. But, you know, this is reality, guys. This is, this is the truth of what happened when Jesus died and rose again. Many holy people came out of their graves. Can you imagine that? People that people that you say, I mean, at my age, I see more people die. You know, imagine they come back and appear to you. I mean, it's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And you see people say, Oh, Jesus, you know, he's just another person. Are you kidding me? He was the Son of God. He has all power and all authority. I want to say, take advantage of that. Take advantage of the fact his name is the most powerful name. He's walked through, you know, death and raised again. Phenomenal. We'll talk more about it. But I love that psalm about lift up your heads. I think it's 29. You gave. Be lifted up your ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the one. Hallelujah. Now I want to urge you, he has ultimate power. He can get into your life. He can change situations for you. Take advantage of it. When I was coming, and I'm using notes rather than a computer, it's old school. <laughs> I can use computers, but I, <laughs> I, I, and I, I was putting these notes together. And anyway, I said to my, because we're moving houses all over the place at the moment, and I said, oh, do we have a stapler? She brings me the smallest stapler I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen it. They're like this big, tiny little thing. I said, no, that's not going to work, you know. Look at that thing. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's a stapler for one page. Really? <laughs> and like, you don't need a stapler for one page, okay, because you just carry it around. And of course, it didn't work. And I just, when I was coming to church this morning, I thought, that's an illustration sometimes with me. Like, I think God's got limited power, you know. You know, just, I'm gone, please, you know. No. You know, that's why we see, like, you look at the Lord's Prayer, our Father. This is where, this is why it starts like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So that's where you've got to start in prayer. You know, not like, oh, God, I've got such a, oh, hell. I mean, sometimes it's like that, like me in the Jimney car, I'm just desperate and God chooses to turn up for me. But you need to acknowledge, he is the mighty one. Amen? Yeah, yeah. He's in heaven. He's in control. One day, in a moment, in a moment, the person who doesn't know him will become aware of that when he goes to say, wow, I 
never really, like, heaven's just a moment away. Some of you know, what? We'll talk about heaven later. You just think, what? Take advantage. Are you getting it? Take advantage of ultimate power, which is in Jesus. Hallelujah. What about amazing style? Someone said to me this morning, who's uh, been in Christian many years, said, I've never heard anyone talk about the style of Jesus. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I'm not be the one to talk about style. <laughs> amazing style. What I mean, well, let me ask you a question. How would you respond to being, of being, if you were raised from the dead? You've seen how I would respond in an ungodly way, but what about you? You know, Jesus has literally been to hell and back. He's known incredible pain and suffering, and he's conquered death. You know, as me, I'd be thinking, we've got to get this out there. We've got to stay stadiums. We've got to get some, you know, where's my event manager? God, Jesus. Come on, angels, get your act together. Let's put the MCG in a Madison Square Garden. You know, all the venues, Wembley. Surely such an appearance is worthy of millions of people seeing me. What did Jesus do instead? Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. They asked her, women, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away. And then Jesus said, I asked her, well, why are you crying? Who is you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. She said to her, Mary. In a moment, she realised, it's the Lord. She thought he was the gardener, but he was the King of glory. You know, I love the way Jesus does things. You know, Christian leaders often struggle with the need for recognition and position, and I mean, all the titles, and whereas Jesus, the King of glory, the ultimate leader, demonstrates an amazing and beautiful humil humility. She could, he could have revealed in a moment who he was, but he, cho he chose that way to do it. I love his style. I love his joy. I love his humour. I love his masculinity and his femininity. I love his, the way he deals in situations, the peace he carries. You know, I want to urge you, get to know him. Read the Gospels, you know, regularly get into the Gospels. Read what he's really like. Story after story about this wonderful person. You know, he, he sleeps in a boat when it's raging storm. Cyber's a worried sick and he knows all along. You can just say the word, you know, and the storm will be still. I love it. I love it when he slaps mud in a guy's face and cures him of blindness, you know. Breaks all the, you know, barriers, you know. I love the way he reveals his you know, past to a woman, but then allows her to have the freedom to move on without concern about that. I love the way he pulls down a guy from a tree and says, I'm coming to your place for dinner, not another famous guy over there. And he gets absolutely transformed. I love the way he takes a little boy's lunch and like feeds 5,000 people. Do you think that boy ever forgot what happened? You know, Jesus is wonderful. He's amazing, like no other leader, like no other person able to, you know, just do, turns everything, you know, around for people. 
I love the ways he's done things in my life, you know. Like, he turns up, <laughs> he turns up in a white jimney, <laughs> just like mine, beaming bright, I think, God. It's amazing the way you do things. He's a legend. Now, we need to go on the northern beaches, like, oh, he's a legend, she's a legend. There's only one legend. <laughs> he's a legend, he's amazing. He has ultimate power. But he has amazing style. And I love it. Thirdly, he has infinite love for people. He's got such a heart for you. Such a heart for me. Just loves you. Like you don't like that moment when you know when we encounter him, it's just like, whoa. You know, I've met people sometimes that you know have had experiences in heaven of Jesus and they've come back to the you know earth to tell a story, and I just said it's just like Love, just love. Just that you never, you know, just amazing love. You know, I, I often think, I try and, you know, really examine stories. I think, you know, what was waiting Jesus after the resurrection? What do you think was waiting for him in heaven? Well, it was his father's embrace. You know, it was sort of the absolute, that embrace would have rocked all of heaven and earth, you know. Isn't that hard? But also amazing applause from the whole of heaven. Imagine angels who looked on and thought, what is he doing? You know, what is he doing with these earthlings? You know? What's he doing? You know, the Son of God's gone. And they see all he went through. And then they see this amazing resurrection, this conquering of death, this, you know, the, the Bible is now open to mankind to come. Can you imagine? The incredible applause that would have happened, you know, it would have rung through heaven. I mean, you, you'd be, you'd be thinking, you'd rush there, wouldn't you, to see it, you know, to hear it. It's not like our little polite applause about, you know, we've got 10 years, for, you know, happy birthday. <laughs> so, no, you read about heaven, you say, you know, the apostle, you know, John, records stuff like 10,000 times 10,000 preachers that, are, that will one day see that. Right, you know, go around heaven, these massive, you know, creatures and the applause and the, you know, you see it says a multitude, worthy, they're ever singing in a loud voice, worthy is a lamb who was killed to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and praise. Awaiting Jesus was a massive celebration. The sun is back. Would have revolved around heaven, but and eventually that would have happened. But you know, you think, who did Jesus choose to appear to first? Was it heaven? Was it his father? No, he chooses to appear to Mary Magdalene. This woman, culturally, that was that was crossing boundaries culturally. And Mary, there's a lot of speculation who Mary Magdalene is. A lot of commentators, was she a prostitute? Was she the one who? You know, fell at Jesus' feet and wiped uh, his feet with the tears. Actually, most of say actually we're mixing people up here. But what we do know about her is that she had, the Bible says in Mark 16, it says, Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Other comments say, you know, seven evil spirits or whatever. So Mary had had a troubled pups. We know that. She'd been gripped by the evil one. We don't know whether that was she was sick or many people in the scriptures when you read them, 
you know, they had mental illness, they had convulsions, you know, when, de when demons came out, there were often people that were considered mad, people who were, you know, roaming in places, and maybe she had terrible epilepsy, which is convulsive all the time. We don't know. But what we know is Jesus came to her first. Jesus came to her first. To me, that indicates the kind of person he is. Amen? Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, Jesus can come to you in a moment because he loves you. Deep down, he, he saw Mary, must have seen her, just, man, she's so grief stricken that I'm gone. So he chose, he said, no, nah, before, I said, don't think to me because I've got to go to my father, but let me reveal myself to you first. That's the kind of saviour that you and I have. That's why I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ because of him. Not because of church, not because of you know what church I'm a part of, or the fact I see friends here or community, and that's all that stuff's good, but fundamentally I'm a Christian because Jesus is the most beautiful, wonderful saviour. And he's done it for me. Maybe you're here and you don't you can't say I I don't really know him. I don't, I've never really met him. The way you're talking about him, it's like he's real. You can really know him. Yeah, you can know him. And I'll just say as we worship at the end of this meeting, you can simply, I'm not going to, you know, call you out or anything. You can just say, if what he's saying is true, please reveal yourself to me. That's a simple prayer. I know people all over the world have prayed that prayer and God rushes to them. And maybe you're here and you think, well, my faith doesn't seem as real. You know, like, I don't really, I don't know, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of lost. I'm, I have become a bit dull. Just say, God, I'm sorry. You know, I've got involved. God, come and fill my heart with love for you. And he can rush to you in a moment. Let's stand. The worship team can come. Let's just